the great dictator has the great dictator which charlie chaplin made in 1939 1940 and which the european public first saw in 1945 aged the question is almost absurd and can only be answered yes of course naturally the great dictator has aged and that is wonderful it has aged like a political editorial like a zola's jacques like a press conference it is an admirable document a rare piece a useful object that has now become an art object chaplin would be quite correct to read it if it would have been bring him enough money to finance his next film charlie on the moon what is striking about the great dictator today is chaplin's desire to help his fellow men see more clearly I despise the set mind that rejects ambitious work from someone who's supposed to be a comic. The impulse is good. However, if it generally begins with snobism, for it happens that as soon as the snob burns what they adore, adoration is justified. Whenever here now that Chaplin is taking himself seriously, his work is finished. I can't help thinking that his work is just beginning. An artist can create works for himself to do good to himself or to good for others. Perhaps the greatest artists are those who simultaneously resolve their own problems and those of the public. We have to begin by being born and then by knowing ourselves and after that comes recognition. The comic artist doesn't wait for us to come to him. He comes to us as a clown, mime, buffoon and a songster. to the public whose hearts is made beat to his own rhythm the comic artist owes everything including his ideas as a man i hate hearing people say about chaplin he's heard too many times that he was this or that naturally he ended up believing it if he has been told that he is a poet or a philosopher it's because it's true and he has the right to believe what he has heard if he has been told that he is a poet or a philosopher it's because it's true and he was right to believe what he heard without willing it or knowing it chaplin helped men live later when he became aware of it would it not have been criminal to stop trying to help them even more the extraordinary audience that chaplin's genius captured bestowed enormous responsibility on him it wasn't that he believed he had a mission but that he's really interested with one and in my opinion few public men politicians or pundits have acquitted themselves of their mission with his integrity and effectiveness the great dictator was certainly the film that caught the imagination of the greatest number of viewers in most countries in 1940 it was certainly the film of the movement an exaggerated nightmare of a world gone mad of which the film night and fog was to be the most exact account never has a film grown old more nobly though we can imagine that it will be politely applauded or received coolly by 12 year old moviegoers who know nothing of hitler mussolini goring or goebbels in one of his most famous article andre bazin called the great dictator chaplin settling of account with hitler for having committed the double crime of confiscating charlie's mustache and of elevating himself to the level of gods by forcing hitler's mustache to reintegrate charlie's myth charlie destroyed the myth of hitler in effect in 1939 hitler and chaplin became the two most famous men in the world the first incarnating the forces of evil the second those of good that's why they had to be brought together in the same film to better oppose one another and 17 years after the pilgrim recreate a marvelous pantomime of david and goliath 
Pierre Leprehon has published an absorbing work, a chronological essay that tells of Chaplin's refusal when he was in Venice in 1931 to go to Rome where Mussolini had arranged a reception in his honor. A month earlier at a gathering at Lady Astor's London home, Chaplin had expounded on the economic crisis. The world is suffering from government interference in the private sector and from exaggerated expenditures by the state. I would propose a nationalization of the banks and a revision of many laws like those that govern the stock exchange. I would create a governmental office for economic affairs which would control prices, interest rates and profit. My policy would favor internationalism, worldwide economic cooperation, the abolition of the gold standard and of general inflation. In 1934, Chaplin had a scenario for a film on Napoleon that had been proposed by a young Italian journalist. In 1935, he announced his definitive decision not to make the Napoleon film and added, "In addition, I shall never again play Charlie, the little tramp." Chaplin kept his word. He began to write and prepare for the great dictator. All during 1938, there were number of attempts to keep him from shooting the film. German diplomatic representative and several American organization put pressure on him. The film was finished in the spring of 1940 but was not seen until 6 months later. Meanwhile, Chaplin was criticized by the Dias Committee, the House Committee on Un-American Activities. As long as 1940, the this date the beginning of American war against Chaplin which continued relentlessly until 1952. The great dictator is not only a defensive farce but also a very precise essay on the Jewish crisis and the mad racist program of Hitlerism a little like Jean Renoir's La Marseillaise in which two series of sketches alternate Hitler's palace and the ghetto as objectively as possible when one's defending one's own life Chaplin sets the two world in opposition mocking the first fiercely smiling tenderly at the second with scrupulous respect for ethnic truths the sequences in the ghetto glide by malicious artful almost as if choreographed those in hitler's palace are jerky mechanical frantic to the point of derision at the end of the film in the purest theatrical tradition the little jewish barber is brought in to replace the great dictator whose double he is without a single remark having been made on that subject an ellipse of genius when it comes time to deliver his great discourse he weeps over primary truth which i'd be the last to complain about preferring them to be secondary the events that dragged our continent not long after the release of this film prove well enough that if chaplin opened so many doors in the film they were not open for everybody The critics, especially Bazin, have pointed out that final speech of the great dictator marks a crucial moment in all of Chaplin's work. It is then that we see the progressive disappearance of Charlie's mask and the substitution of the face of the man Chaplin without makeup, his hair already graying. He sent the world a message of hope. He cited the words of the gospel about the oppressed people who waited for happiness in the realization of the messianic dream Charlie didn't want the film to end focused on his face but on the image of Polite Godard to whom he gave his mother's name Hannah a name spelled same backward the device sums up the spirit of the film Hitler is the Jewish barber in reverse 
so he invokes his mother at the end of his speech as godard looking sublime as she is lying on the ground raises herself to hear this call lift up your eyes hana look toward heaven hana can you hear me listen <laughs>